All right. It, it feels like it's been a while since I've been up here. I, I don't know if it seems like that to you, but I think it's been over a month. So um, life gets busy and uh, I work a lot too. So um, turn to Proverbs 23 for me. Proverbs 23. And uh, this is from the Amplified and it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he in behavior. So, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is his behavior. And um, about two weeks ago, I was um, standing in the shower, taking a shower, and I'm looking at these little uh, confessions of faith that we've had on our shower for like 10 years, years, more than that, something like that. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm reading them, and and I'm like, "Ah, I'm I'm saying all these, and I'm, I'm, I'm... confessing these all over my life and God said well, what about your thought life he goes you can speak it with your mouth but, but, but what are your thoughts what are your thoughts doing I'm like oh you got me I'm like come on man you're killing me here and I was like I was like man I'm just like it was like a spiritual shower slap in the face like oh I'm like okay God I'm like I'm like okay I'm gonna rinse my hair and then I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna work on this so um but it made me start to think about we we, we it says confess with your mouth but what, what, what we confess with our mouth usually comes out of our heart and comes out of our head. And um, one, way, one of the, the greatest way God communicates through us is through our thoughts. He, he knows what we're thinking. And you guys ever had that thought and you're just like, no, oh, that totally wasn't my thought. That was totally God, you know, injecting that into my head because God's trying to communicate with me. And I was thinking that same time when he said that to me, I'm like, man, you're really good at just dropping that little bomb in the middle of my awesome, you know, thing here and saying, guess what? Not what I want. I'm like, okay. But one way God communicates through us is, is our mind. He speaks to us, gives us ideas, plans, vision, and speaks our identity to us. Um, the things we think lead to our actions, lead to our, our speaking. And when we, we think on certain things, certain things come out of our mouth. When we, when we focus on, when our thought life is, I'm one of those guys that you may not like Sarah says, you're the most controlled person I uh, ever know. You have more self-control. I do in my actions, but my thoughts is where I struggle with. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, you know, guy pulls in front of me. I'm like, you know what? I hope you end up in the ditch. And I'm like, oh, shouldn't think that. But, you know, I don't say it. I'm just thinking it. I'm like, but we have to learn to control our thoughts because our thoughts lead to what fills our heart. And, you know, I... It's one of those things where I can be completely in control of my, my body and be like, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but in my mind, I'm punching you in the face and, and I'm running you off the road because I'm so angry right now. But we need, and I'm not saying I do that all the time, just you know, once or twice a week, but um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But some people act first and think later. Some people think first and act later. And that can be bad for either one. You know, some people are like, I'm just going to think about it and never do anything. And some people are like, I'm just going to do something and uh, oh well with the consequences, you know. And um, the problem is, is I'm both. If you've ever taken the um, life languages, I'm a mover and a, and a um, contemplator and they're a complete opposite. Contemplators like to think about it and like, I'm just going to think and think and then, then I'll come up with a, a really eloquent answer. And then the mover's just like, let's just do it and... 
whatever the consequences happen, you can pray, you know, ask for forgiveness later kind of thing. And, um, but God started to, to remind me, your thought life is what creates, your, creates the, the seeds that are sown into your heart. Your heart is soil for your thoughts because if, if you're getting thoughts from God and he's putting those things in your head, he, you're putting good seed into your heart. But if you're receiving thoughts that are contrary to his word from the enemy, you're planting seed in your heart that is going to produce fruit that you don't want. Um, I don't remember if I was talking to Sarah or not last week. And some, I don't remember what it was. I think it was Sarah. But she said something, your, um, your heart is always soil and you're always planting seed. You just don't want some of the fruit that comes out of it. Sometimes you don't want the fruit of the seed that you, you sow. I've sown seed that I'm like, nope, don't want that. Um, but God will speak to you in your thoughts, but the enemy, enemy will also try to plant ideas in your head. He cannot read your mind, but he can, he can see you and say, you know what, I'm going to interject things into his life. I'm going to try to influence him in a greater way so I can plant seeds in his heart. If the enemy can get you to think about something and believe it, he does not have to do any more. He will start to walk away and let you reap the lies that you believed. If he can plant one seed of doubt or a lie in your heart, he's like, I've done my job. All I need to do is walk away and they're going to reap the fruit of the lies that I've told them. If we believe that, we start to reap fruit from a lie. I mean, I don't know anybody that wants to reap fruit from a lie because it's never good. It's always bitter. It's always um, bad fruit. But we can be so easily defeated in our mind. There's a book by Joyce Myers. It's called Battlefield of the Mind. It's an excellent book. Um, I've read it one time and yeah, I've read it one time and it's just a great book on your thought life, on how to overcome um, different things that you deal with in, in your thought life. But I, was, I read it so long ago, I want to read it again, but I think we gave our book away. Um, yeah. My wife gives all my books away. I'm like, hey, did you see that book? She's like, no, I gave that away like three weeks. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. So I have to go, nor- I'm gr- glad I have Amazon Prime. So, um, so we can be easily defeated in our mind that we don't even have to do anything. If, if Satan can get us defeated in one thought, he can easily defeat us in every area. If we do not move in our lives because of the lies the enemy has told us, we move because of fear. You know, have you ever been told something, somebody said something, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm kind of nervous, I'm kind of afraid, what am I going to do? It's, you know, something comes up and it's like, oh man, when we cannot decipher what is a truth or a lie, we tend to believe lies. But we can be easily defeated in our mind that we don't even do anything in our work, in our family, in our relationships with people in the kingdom. And he basically, we sit idle. When we believe a, a lie, the enemy says, I've done my job. All I needed to do was produce that, that fruit from there. I need to drop that seed and let it grow. Once I produce that fruit, th- I don't have to do anything more. If we don't move in our life, if we don't, if we don't, if we allow the lies of the enemy to come into our life, 
if we allow the lies that people speak over us to come into our life. And that seed gets planted. We are no threat to him. We are no threat to his kingdom. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and I'm reading out of the um, New English translation. For the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons, but are made powerful by God for tearing down strongholds. We tear down arguments and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. So I've got this book. Uh, it's called the Bible, but it's about that thick. It's a uh, study Bible. Um, if you don't have it, you need to get it. It's really cool. Dake study Bible. You, you have top half of the, the page Bible. All the rest of it is notes on it of what he has studied out. And, and um, it blew my mind when I started reading the notes on that one. It, there was this much notes on one, cha- uh, one little scripture. And I started to read it. And I was like, um, if you guys were at... Uh, Wednesday nights, uh, Wayne was talking about how he got a re- God gave him a revelation of, of prayer, a new revelation. I was reading this, I'm like, mind blown. I was just like, whoa, I'm like, I didn't, I just, God just like dropped that bomb into my head and said, that's what it is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. So our thoughts, and I'll get to that in just a second, our thoughts can lead us to high places in Christ or low places with the enemy. It can take us to the top of the mountain or the bottom of the pit. So we have to guard those thoughts. It says, take every thought captive. And I'll get into that in a second because I was thinking about that. Take every thought captive. It's like, okay, when, when you think of take captive, you think of, okay, we put it in a jail. In most countries besides the U.S., when they take somebody captive, they don't just leave them in the jail. They re-educate them. They retrain them into how they want them to behave. And... When we take every thought captive, we have to take every thought that is not from God, seize it, bind it, drag it into captivity until it obeys Christ, until it comes to the obedience of Christ. Those thoughts, when they come into our, our, our heart, into our head, we have to say, you know what, what is this? Is this, is this what God is, is this lining up with his word or does this, is this contrary to him? And then when it does, we have to say, you know what, no, you, it's like when you take an enemy captive, you don't just like, here, here's your gun. Here's, here's your clip back, and uh, just follow me this way. I just, I'm going to lead you, you follow me. It, that's how we deal with the enemy sometimes. We're like, eh, you know, I took you captive, but hold on to this because I don't want to carry this. I'm going to walk this way. You just follow me. Yeah. And th- that's how we end up getting hurt. But when we take the enemy captive, when we take that thought captive, we don't just say, hey, follow me this way. You seize it, you bind it, and you grab it, and you drag it into that prison until it comes into obedience of Christ. In foreign countries, they retrain you into believing what they believe. So you take your thought and you say, you know what? You're going to stay here until you submit to the authority of Christ or you perish. Our thoughts are either going to line up with what Christ says or they need to perish because that thought isn't quite what God wants for us. So Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, reading from the message, it says, so there, what I want you to do, God helping you take everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in into it without even thinking. 
Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down into the level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So if you guys have ever read Romans 12, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, that is King James Version, but you can't find a whole lot of variation in any of the other uh, translations. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So our thought life has to be transformed when we renew our mind. Our, our life has to be transformed by knowing what the Word of God says about our thoughts. So when that thought comes in and says, no, I'm a, renew, I'm a, a new person in Christ, I'm renewed, you take that thought, you drag it into, into prison and say, you will submit over to the will of Jesus Christ. You will submit to what the word of God says, or that thought is not going to be in my life. When we renew our mind on the word of God and his spirit, it makes it easy. When a thought comes into your head, you can grab it and throw it out. Sarah did this a while ago. She taught me if a thought comes in and it's not of God, take it, throw it out. And it's a, we used to use it with kids. Take it, throw it out. It's a simple gesture of, of making them think about it. Take that thought, throw it out. You have to grab that thought from your mind and say, no, that is not what the Word of God says about me. It's not what the Word of God says about someone else. A renewed mind is so powerful that that's, the enemy fears it. He knows that if you find out who you are and what you are and how powerful you are, he's going to be in trouble. So that's why at a young age, he drops seeds of doubt and fear into people's lives. If you have a renewed mind, you cannot be deceived by a random comment someone makes to you or an insult or a lie that the enemy sends, sends to your head. Your mind can't be deceived by comments people saying things, people coming up to you and saying, well, I, I just don't like you and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, you know, we all get that. Well, I just don't like you. <gasps> what did I do? What, what did I do? Did, did I hurt? You know, you, you ever did, done that? Someone, you've offended someone, you don't know what you did and you, you, you worry about it for like a week and you're, what, and did I do this? And you're trying to go back through every situation. And you're like, what, what happened? What could I have done? How, you know, most of the time that's the enemy trying to get you scared and get you wrapped up in trying to figure out what you did wrong. And most of the time, it's just the enemy planting a fence in someone else. But a renewed mind says, you know what? I'm going to find out what it is. I know what it is. God's already convicted me. I'm going to repent for that if, it, if I did something. Or I'm not going to worry about it because it's just the enemy trying to control my life. So when we grab those thoughts that come into our, our, our head, those, those things that come into our mind, it's like, you guys ever been sitting there thinking... You know, and this is the most common thing you, I guarantee everybody saw it. What if I crashed my car into that tree? You're driving down the road and you just, that, that thought goes, what if I hit that tree? What would happen to that? You know, what would happen? That's a very common thought that you, if you talk to people, they will actually think about that. And they'll think about what if I hit that car? What if I did that? And that's a, a very common thought when people drive and it's the weirdest thing, but people think about that. Yeah. But think about where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Th- that thought coming into people's minds is what? Of, of death, destruction, yeah. loss? Yeah. That thought is, is the enemy 
playing with you. Hey, hey, you know, what would happen if that? He's suggesting things to you. He doesn't tell you what to do. He suggests things. He's like, hey, what about that? And and he's, he's suggesting things to you to get your mind opened up so he can plant that seed. He just doesn't come in and knock down the door and and throw some seeds in your heart and say, oh, by the way, thanks for letting me in. You you allow the enemy in. If you're not guarded, you allow the enemy into your mind. You know, I I look at, at, at the Bible and how many of people God used that the enemy had already talked to and, and had, had them defeated in their own mind before God used them. You know, you look at, you look at uh, Gideon, you look at uh, Moses, you look at all those guys like, I, I can't do this, I'm this, I'm this, and the enemy already had them defeated, but God's like, no, your thought life has got you there because of what you believe from the enemy, but the enemy ha- doesn't command what I can command. He's like, no, I call you a mighty man of God, I call you a leader, I call you my child. And so what happens is, is we, we tend to believe what the enemy speaks to us because of the culture around us. You know, it, it's in this, it says, do not become so well adjusted to culture that you fit in without even thinking. I think we've, we, our culture has become such a, a, a culture of just 19... 84, just do what you want to do. Uh, everybody, every, everything's there for you. You, you. you fit in, you do this, you, you listen to what you, everybody else listens to, you believe what everybody else believes. My daughter took a test in her class of, of you know, like different political views. She ranked as a 60-year-old white male. I mean, she's a 13-year-old girl, but she ranked as a 60-year-old white male. And I'm like, I've done good. I, I've instilled into my daughter good values of the kingdom that she has an understanding that when when someone says well this is okay she's like no that's not okay Amen. or this is right no she goes this isn't her thought pattern in that in her thought and process is is renewed in there she knows what what the word of god says about that she knows the value of life and different things like that so her thoughts don't have to be transformed her she's already been transformed in that yeah. because she's heard my wife and i's belief she understands and it's not just like oh i believe what my parents believe She's actually asked those questions of why do I, why is this this way? Why, why do I, why is this wrong or why is this not, why is this right? And she's actually asked those questions and we showed her in the word of God and said, this is why. She's like, okay, now I understand. So her mind's renewed in that area. She doesn't fit into the normal 13-year-old eighth graders. And so she ranked just as high as I did on that test. I mean, I was like, okay, this is awesome. But, um, but the fact that she's not conforming to culture in that area, she doesn't conform to what her friends think. Her friends ask her what, the, what to think. That's, what, that's how our culture should be, is that they come to the church and say, what should I believe? Not, we go to the culture and go, hey, so what do you guys believe in? I, I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll agree with that. I'll join up with that. The church should be renewed in, in the place that culture comes to them and says, what is the truth? You know, people come to how should I, sir, how can I be saved? They, they, they look for truth in a culture full of lies. Some people believe lies they don't even know is a lie. Their, their minds are so tricked by the enemy. He's planted so many seeds in their heart that they think what is normal to them 
it should be normal to culture. And it's like, that's not normal. That's not normal for anything. Yeah. And sometimes as, as Christians, we have to help people grab that thought out of their, their head and throw it away. Yeah. Because what happens is, is our, our minds that when we know what God says about us, I think the enemy, the, the first thing that the enemy focuses on is identity. He focuses on our identity because if he can get us believing that we're somebody we're not or we're not qualified, he's like, I, I, can, I can do that. And then they're wide open for me to plant every seed that, they possibly, that I possibly can plant in their heart. Proverbs 4.23 4, says, Above all else, watch your heart. Diligently guard it because in, from a sincere and pure heart come, come good and noble things of life. It calls it the wellspring of life. The heart is, is the well, uh, is the, the spring of life in you. And when we, we guard our hearts, we're saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to allow this in. You know, if you look at um, shepherd culture back in the Bible times, that well was the one spot that they knew that they could, life was there. Because in that well, there was usually vegetation around it. So they would come to that well for, for their animals, but not only for their animals, but for them. They knew. And so they would guard that well so nothing would get in it and poison it. Because what happens is, is when uh, a dead animal or something, or something bad would get into that well, it would taint the whole well, and they'd have to collapse that well and dig a new well. In World War II, U.S. soldiers went to, would get wa- try to go get water, and the Japanese would take dead animals and... and put weights on them and sink them to the bottom of a lake or a stream or something, a rotting animal, and drop them to the bottom of the stream. And what they would do is the U.S. soldiers would go and get water and they would get sick. And they didn't know why they were getting sick, but that well was poisoned by the enemy. So, and they couldn't see it because it was so far down, but it was, it was poisoned. And they were, they were drinking something and they were putting in something into their bodies that was poison and it was causing them to be sick. It's the same way with the enemy. If he, can, if he can poison the well of your heart, he beca- causes your mind to become sick. And, and it causes you to think thoughts that are, are not of God. And it causes you to, to think things that are contrary to what God calls you. He says, guard your heart. It is the, it is the, the source of life. It is the wellspring. If we do not guard our hearts, our thoughts will take us captive. It says we have to take our thoughts captive, not let our thoughts take us captive. People who let their thoughts take them captive usually ends up in action. People who get angry and, and murder comes up in, in, in their heart and say, you know what? And they follow through on that because they're not allowing, they're not guarding their heart. They're not saying, you know what? No, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to take this thought captive and say, you know what? No, this is, this is not what I normally think. This is not how I should be thinking. But their thoughts ca- take them captive. And when their thoughts take them captive, their heart starts to change. Their, their mind starts to change of, of the value of themselves, of people. And they do things that, then they, when they're done, they're like, what did I do? You guys ever done that? Said something to somebody and said, what? oh my gosh, how did I? What did I just do? What did I just say to that person that I, I hurt them or, or I, I did something that was wrong? And you're like, how did I do that? Because their thoughts weren't taken captive. Their thoughts actually directed them and took them over and led them to act out what they were thinking. Philippians 4, 
4 through 9. And it says, most of all, friends, always rejoice in the Lord. I think that's awesome. Paul says, always rejoice in the Lord. You know, not rejoice when he does things, but always rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in, in him when you're going through trials, when you're going through tribulations. Rejoice in him because you know who your deliverer is. He says, I never tire of saying it, rejoice. Keep your gentle nature so that all people will know what it looks like to walk in his footsteps. The Lord is ever present with us. Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray. Pray about everything. He longs to hear your requests. So talk to God about your needs and be thankful for what has come. And know that the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all of human understanding, will stand over your hearts and minds in Jesus, the Anointed One. And then he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, if you fill your minds with beauty and truth of God, meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous and praiseworthy. Keep to the script whatever you've learned and received and heard and saw in me. Do it, and the peace of God will walk with you. He says, think on these things. He, he doesn't say, think about whatever you want to think about. He says, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is praiseworthy. He says, think on these things. We have to renew our mind and who we are, but we have to constantly, it's a battle. The enemy is constantly battling for us to be able, for him to be able to, not control us, but to allow us to go rogue. He, he, what he loves is Christians who are out of control and say, you know what, I'm just going to plant a little seed and let them go because I don't need to control them. They're going to destroy everything that, I've, uh, that I want them to without even doing anything. So he says, guard yourself. Paul says, guard your heart. And then he says, you know what, think on the things that are pure. Think on the things that are, are righteous and holy. Don't think about the things that are contrary to his word. And when that thought comes in your head, say, nope, boom, grab it, got it, drat, throwing it out, or I'm going to take it, I'm going to bind it, put it in a cell, and make it come into submission of Christ. Make it come into the submission of Christ, or it's going to be dead. That thought will either come into full submission of what God wants it to be, or that, that thought is going to be gone completely. And that's, I think, it's a struggle for people is the, is the thought life of, man, you know, you're doing good and, and a bad moment comes up and, and our, thoughts are, our thoughts instantly go to what is bad because he, what, he, what does he want? He wants fear and worry to come in. Yep. He wants fear and worry to come into our hearts so he can say, you know what, man, fear and worry are exactly what he wants. That is like the gateway for him to come into, it's like an open door for him to come in and start planting seeds. It says meditate on what is honorable. Yeah. Think about things that are honorable. I had to take a snapshot of this because there was no way I was going to type this out last night. And I was, but I took, I took a shot of this out of my Bible when I was um, finishing up writing everything. And um, It says this, it says, four things to practice and enjoy. And this is talking about um, uh, verse 9. It says, four things to practice and enjoy. Things learned, Christian practices. Things received, Christian blessings. Things heard, Christian blessings. Things seen, Christian miracles. Not only are Christians to meditate on things, but they are also to do th certain things. Christianity is very practical. It is not dead, dry, formal, excuse me, de not dead, dry, formal, human religion, 
of rituals, outward forms, and show, but a divine, living, vital, dynamic, liberating belief system. Any religion without power to deliver men from sin, sickness, poverty, and want, now and hereafter, is not of God. Christianity should be, he says, think, on, think of Christ, think of in Christ. Um, when it says, have the mind of Christ, he doesn't mean like, okay, well, I know what God thinks. I'm going to try to think of that. He says you need to think exactly like God thinks. Think how God thinks, because if you don't, seeds come in. And again, we're not all perfect. We're not all going to think exactly like Christ is, but he says, guard your heart. Guard those thoughts that come in, because when we don't, enemy says, you know what, I'm going to just do whatever I want. I'm going to come in, drop a few seeds, laugh about it, wait for the fruit, and then walk away, because it will be a, a downward spiral for them. But guard your thoughts, think on pure things, and allow God to transform you. When he transforms your mind, when he renews you as, as a, a believer in Christ, when, when you're born again, the old is gone, the new has come. The old thought pattern is going to try to creep back in, but he says, you know what? Be transformed. And, and it's not a one-time thing. It's a continual thing. You can't read the Bible once and go, yep, completely transformed. I'm perfect. I'm just like Jesus. And take me home now. When he says be transformed, it's a continual transformation. The, from the moment we're born again till the day we die, it's a constant transformation. Everybody thinks it's just like, oh, I've been transformed. I'm, I'm completely renewed. Yes, you are. But not every aspect of you is lining up because the old will sometimes will try to come back. The old friends, the old nature will try to come back in and say, you believed this. Didn't you believe this? And he says, you know what? Guard it transform your mind, renew your mind on, on Christ so that you have the mind of Christ, you have God's mind and can defeat any thought that comes in and says, you know what, no, get out of my head. Get out of my life because I, this is not what I want and this is not what God has for me. Think on things that are pure, holy, lovely. Let's pray.